You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you to check out our other Western podcasts released daily by going to otrwesterns.com or searching OTR Westerns in your podcast app of choice. I also wanted to invite you to check out our other podcast channel releasing non-Western shows by going to otnetcast.com or by searching otnetcast in your podcast app of choice. Now let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Challenge of the Yukon. Original air date is September 22nd, 1950, and the title is The Torn Map. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy. Now as howling winds echo across the snow-covered reaches of the wild northwest, the Quaker Oats Company, makers of Quaker Pop Wheat and Quaker Pop Rice, the delicious cereal shot from guns. In cooperation with the Mutual Broadcasting System, present by special recording, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. It's Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog of the Northwest, breaking a trail for Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police. In his relentless pursuit of lawbreakers. And bring on you, Huskies! Gold, gold discovered in the Yukon. A stampede to the Klondike in the wild race for riches. Back to the days of the gold rush. And the adventures of Sergeant Preston and his wonder dog, Yukon King, as they meet the challenge of the Yukon. Say, junior high students, now's the time to start thinking about your career. You don't have to actually decide exactly what profession you want to follow, but you can open the door on any career by choosing your high school courses wisely. For instance, be sure to include enough math and science courses. Over 40 professions need a background in these two subjects. If you later decide that you want to study for medicine or engineering or teaching, then you'll be ready, and you'll be that much further along in college. In tomorrow's technical world, this training you get today will pay off in better jobs. Don't be afraid of math and science. It may seem a little tough now, but someday you'll be glad you got an early start. So choose your next year's courses well. Include the math and science courses you need. And... Keep the door to your future open. This message is brought to you as a public service. The 
doctor in charge of the Good Samaritan Hospital at Dawson City looked up from his desk as a stranger entered his office. The visitor was a typical old sourdough, gnarled and leathery, with a skin toughened by long exposure on the open trail. You the head sawbones around here? I'm the doctor, yes. I understand you got a patient here named Marty Collier. Martin Collier? We had a patient by that name. You mean he checked out? I'm sorry to say he died about a week ago. Died? Typhoid fever. Great day. I'm plumb sorry to hear that. Were you a friend of his? Sure was. Marty and me were partners. Uh, Didn't he leave nothing for me? A message or a letter? Something like that? He did leave a letter for someone. I have it here in my drawer. Yes, here it is. May I ask your name? Joe Bago. Uh, Cracky, I'm sure that letter must be for me. Yes, you're right. It's addressed to Joe Bagel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Thank you. I'm certainly sorry you didn't get to see a friend before he died. Yeah, sure. Sure, so am I. But we all got to go sometime, eh, Doc? <laughs> well, so long. Goodbye. Joe Bagel thrust the letter inside his pocket and hurried back to his hotel. It was not yet five in the afternoon, but darkness had already fallen. When he reached the door of his hotel room, he inserted the key in the lock. Mm, that's funny. It's unlocked. Uh, I reckon I must have forgotten the lock up. Uh, what intonation did I do with those matches? Oh, here they are. Now to get some light in here. Good evening, Joe. Snake eye. That's right. Long time no see. You and Marty shouldn't have run out on us that way, Joe. We had a hard time finding you. Just to be on the safe side, let's see if you're packing any hardware. Oh, six-gun, huh? I just relieved you there if you don't mind. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> I'll give you three guesses. I ain't got the gold snake eye on a stay. Not here, you haven't. I know that already. Because I searched the room while I was waiting for you to get back. Then you know I'm telling the truth. I said I know you haven't got the gold here. I reckon you know where to lay your hands on it. No, no, I swear Shut I... up, you sniveling old fool. What are you aiming to do with me? I'm aiming to squeeze the truth out of you. First, we're taking a little trip, you and me. Uh, trip? The Grand Forks. Clint Sutter is mighty anxious to see you. Now turn around and start moving. Snake Eye's team was hitched up and waiting outside the hotel. He forced Joe to sit on the sled and then headed eastward out of town. Several hours later, they arrived in Grand Forks, a raucous community which had grown up at the junction of Bonanza and El Dorado Creeks. Snake Eye halted his team in front of a garish establishment which bore a sign reading, Clint Sutter's Poker Gold Cafe. Oh, you much there. All right. Get up off the sled and go on inside. All right. Clint Sutter, a heavy-set walrus-mustached man with a diamond stick pin in his tie, was standing behind the bar. His face broke into an evil grin as the two men approached. Well, well, well. But ain't my old friend Joe Bago. Hiya, Joe. Uh, howdy, Clint. Joe's anxious to have a little chat with his boy. Sure. We're anxious to have a little chat with him. I reckon we all better go in the back room. Come on, Joe. Sit down, Joe, and stop shaking. Yeah, sure. The way you're acting, a person might think you're scared. 
Where'd you find him, Snake Eye? He was staying at the Victoria Hotel. What about the gold? I searched his room, but it wasn't there. How about it, Joe? What'd you do with it? I ain't got the gold, Clint. Honest, I ain't. I don't know nothing about it. Don't lie to me, you double-crossing rat. I know very well you and Marty sneaked off with the gold that night when we made camp after the hole. No, no, you got me all wrong, Clint. It was Marty took the gold, not me. And, uh, took you along for company, I suppose? Yeah, that's right. I... I mean, no. He pulled a gun on me. Made me go with him. You're a dirty liar. Looks like he needs a little persuading, boss. No, no. Wait a minute. I'll tell you the truth. That's better. Hurry up and start talking. It's true me and Marty did sneak off with the gold. We headed south. And a few days later, we had a brush with the Mounties. So we figured we'd better split up. What'd you do with the gold? We buried it somewhere down near the Stewart River. What do you mean, somewhere? It was somewhere out in the bush. We drew a map showing how to find the exact spot. And we tore the map in two and each took half. We were going to meet in Dawson later on and match up the halves. Hey, Clint, I'll bet Marty's half of the map was in that letter he left for Joe. What letter are you talking about? You know what letter he's talking about. Marty Collier died in the hospital. The snake I found out from the doc that he left a letter addressed to you. Oh, so you know about that, huh? Yeah, so don't try holding out on us. Let's have your half of the map and the letter. All right, all right. Here's my half of the map, and here's the letter. I ain't even opened it yet. I'll open it right now. Yeah, there's no map in here. Some kind of a written message. What's it say, Clint? Dear Joe, looks like I'm due to cash in my chips. So I'm sending my half of the map to my brother, Ralph, down in Seattle. His address is written below. Get in touch with him. Let him have my share of the gold. So long and good luck, Marty. Boy, that dirty skunk, he's tricked us. We can't find the gold without the other half of the map. Yeah, that's right. But maybe we can get the other half. Oh. We'll have Joe here write to Marty's brother and arrange a meeting here at my cafe. You savvy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, smart idea, Clint. Smart idea. <laughs> it was more than two months later that a man and a small boy entered Mounted Police Headquarters in Dawson City. Sergeant Preston was seated at his desk, with the great dog king curled up beside his chair. The sergeant greeted his visitors. Good morning. Good morning, Sergeant. My name is Rolf Collier. Oh, I'm loyal. I'm Sergeant Preston. And this is my son, Frankie. Hello, Frankie. I'm pleased to meet you. Is this your dog? That's right. His name's King. Shake hands with Frankie, boy. Oh, <laughs> look at that, Dad. He's sitting up on his hind legs and holding out his paw. You seem to like dogs, Frankie. Well, I'll say I do. Especially big ones like King. <laughs> Frankie's always been crazy about dogs, Sergeant. He has one of his own back in the States, but we had to leave him behind. Oh? Uh, Sergeant, the reason I came here was to ask a favor. What sort of a favor? We just arrived in Dawson this morning. And now I have to go out and see a man at Grand Forks. I don't like to leave my son alone at the hotel, so I... Well, I I was wondering if Frankie could stay here at headquarters while I was gone. Well, I don't see why not. May I play with King? Of course. King's always glad to have a romp, aren't you, boy? I certainly appreciate your kindness, Sergeant. Uh, how long will it take to get there? Uh... Do you have a dog team? No, I, I was going to hire one. 
Well, let's see. Now, you want to go to Grand Forks. Try Frenchy Duquesne's kennels on the edge of town. You've got a dog team there. And with the team, you should reach Grand Forks in, oh, about three hours. Oh, fine. In that case, I should be back before supper this evening. Many thanks, Sergeant. Well, that's it. Goodbye, son. Be a good boy while I'm gone. I shall, Dad. Goodbye, Sergeant. And thanks again. When Walt Collier reached Grand Forks, he inquired the way to Clint Sutter's Poker Gold Cafe. A few moments later, he halted his team in front of the cafe. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh. 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 And Clint Sutter was standing behind the bar. I'm looking for a man named Joe Bagel. Joe Bagel? Say, you wouldn't be Ralph Collier, would you? That's right. Well, I'm mighty pleased to meet you. I'm Clint Sutter. How do you do? Joe's upstairs right now. He's been expecting you to show up one of these days. I tell you, you go in the back room and sit down. I'll go get him. All right, fine. Rolf went in the back room to wait. A few moments later, Clint Sutter and Snake Eye entered. Hey, this here is Joe Bago. Joe, I'd like to have you meet Ralph Collier. The gent you've been expecting. Well, howdy. Reckon you got that letter I wrote you. I got the letter Joe Bago wrote me. What do you mean by that? Just what I said. You implying that I'm not Joe Bago? That's exactly what I'm implying. According to my brother, Joe Bago is an old man, nearly bald. You obviously don't fit the description. You're pretty smart, ain't you, Carter? Smart enough to know you two aren't on the level. Now, if you'll get out of my way, I'll be leaving. Hold it, mister. This gun says you're staying right here. And if you don't want him to pull that trigger... You better hand over the other half of the map. We'll continue our adventure in just a moment. Oh, boy, kids, what fun it is at the ballpark. Come on out to the game. Come now as guest of your favorite team. It's your chance to get free baseball tickets. If you're 12 years old or younger, you can see a major or minor league baseball game free with a paying adult. To get your free ticket, here's all you do. Get a package of Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice or muffin shredded wheat. Tear off the box top and send with your name and address to Baseball, Box 5205, Chicago 77, Illinois. Details are right on the ticket. Don't lose a day. Hurry. For each free ticket, send a box top from Quaker Puff Wheat or Puff Rice or Muffet Shredded Wheat. Or get Quaker Paco 10, send the guarantee seal, and you'll receive two free baseball tickets. Write down this address quick before you forget. Baseball, Box 5205, Chicago 77, Illinois. Send right away. Now to continue. When Clint Sutter and Snake Eye failed to trick Rolf Collier, Snake Eye drew a gun, and Clint said, If you don't want him to pull that trigger... You better hand over the other half of the map. He wouldn't dare pull that trigger. The shot would be heard out in the cafe. Sure. Who do you suppose would come knocking on the door to investigate? One of my hired hands. I'd stick my head out the door and tell him a gun went off accidentally while I was cleaning it. You may as well face it, Collier. We got you trapped. Either give us your half of the map or this gun goes off. You're still out of luck. 
I haven't got my half of the map with me. We'll see about that. Take off your coat. And don't try any false moves while you're doing it. Rolf did as he was told. Then the two crooks searched him thoroughly, but failed to find the other half of the map. Uh, Looks like he was telling the truth, Clint. He ain't got it with him. What'd you do with it, Collier? Wouldn't you like to know? Probably left it back with his luggage. Yeah, I reckon you're right. What hotel did you check in at, Collier? Sorry, but I just can't seem to remember. Well, in that case, maybe we better jog your memory. Go ahead and try. You're making a big mistake, Collier. Talk now and you'll save yourself a heap of misery. You had your answer. All right, Snake Eye. Go to work on him. Sure, boss. It'll be a pleasure. I'll make him talk. By supper time, Rolf Collier still hadn't returned to Dawson. So Frankie ate for the second time that day in the mounted police mess hall. As the evening wore on, the little boy became more and more sleepy. Oh? Well, Frankie, looks to me as though you can hardly keep your eyes open. Wouldn't you like to crawl into a nice, comfortable bed? Well, maybe I am a little bit sleepy. But I don't want to go to bed now. I'm having too much fun playing with King. Well, tell you what. Suppose we go over to your hotel room and put you to bed, and I'll leave King there to keep you company until your father gets back. Golly, that'd be swell. King can be my watchdog. Best watchdog in the business, aren't you, boy? All right, Frankie, put on your coat, and I'll get my parker. We'll go over to the hotel right now. When they arrived at the hotel, the sergeant got the key from the desk clerk and took Frankie upstairs. Here's our room right here, Sergeant. 209. I'll unlock the door. That's all. What's the matter? Door was already unlocked. Wait a minute. I'll light the lamp. Golly, look, Sergeant Preston. The room's all torn up. Yes, I see. You didn't leave it this way this morning, did you? Oh, of course not. See, our suitcases are open and the drawers are pulled out. Our clothes are strewn all over. Apparently someone's ransacked the room in search of something. Was your father carrying any valuables? No, sir, not that I know of. Oh, he carries his money in a money bill. Oh. You know whom your father intended to see in Grand Forks? No, sir, he just said he was going to meet a man there. Do you have any idea why he came to the Yukon Territory? No, sir, I don't know that either. Except... Once he talked as though he expected to get a lot of money up here. Frankie, I don't think I'd better leave you here after all. What are you going to do? First, I'll speak to the desk clerk and see if he can give us any information. And I'm going to take you back to headquarters for the time being. When the sergeant got back to mounted police headquarters, he left Frankie in the front office with King. And then went to see Inspector Conrad. Do you really think this cause for worry, sergeant? Well, frankly, I don't know what to think, sir. But I'm wondering if Collier himself may not have expected trouble. What gives you that idea? The fact that he left Frankie here at headquarters. You stop to think of it, sir. It's rather an unusual thing to do. Perhaps he left Frankie here on purpose, knowing that when he didn't return, we'd start a search. And in the meantime, of course, Frankie'd be in safe hands. Mm-hmm. You're building up a theory on pretty slender evidence, Sergeant. I realize that, sir. But all the same, if you have no objection, I'd like to put King on Collier's trail. You can pick up the scent from some of his clothes at the hotel room. Very well. Certainly won't hurt to play safe. Go ahead and trail, call your sergeant. In the meantime, we'll keep Frankie here at the barracks. Thank you, sir. Come along, King. At that same moment, Snake Eye was reporting to Clint Sutter in the back room of the Poker's Old Cafe. Ralph Collier, who was gagged and tied to a chair, looked on helplessly as Clint asked, Well, how about it? 
Did you get the other half of the map? You did, boss. <laughs> Had to tear up the hotel room to find it. Yeah, I got it inside my pocket. Uh, here it is. Let's see if it matches up with the other half. By uh, thunder, it does. Uh, looks like that gold is as good as ours. Well, Collier, we're mighty grateful to you for bringing this other half of the map all the way up here to Yukon Territory. <laughs> Too bad it won't do you any good. <laughs> How soon will we start out after the gold, Clint? Tomorrow morning? Oh, we'll leave tonight. Tonight? How come? Don't forget, we've got to dispose of Collier here in Joe Bagel. It'll be safer if we take him away from here tonight. What do we do with him? Kill him? Sure, we'll kill him eventually. First, we're going to make sure Joe ain't tricking us. The gold is really there. Once we get our hands on it, we'll plug the two of them. And bury them right there on the spot where no one will ever find their bodies. <laughs> Good idea. All right, go on out and hitch up another team. I'll get supplies together. We'll hit the trail as soon as the sleds are loaded. It was nearly two o'clock in the morning when Sergeant Preston reached Grand Forks. The cafe was still running full blast. King followed Rolf Collier's sent into the cafe and headed straight for the back room. The barkeeper spoke to Sergeant Preston. What's up, Monty? I'm looking for a man named Rolf Collier. Apparently he came here and went into that back room. There's no one there now. I was in the back room just a minute ago. I'll look for myself if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'll come with you. Oh, yeah. I said I was. I told you it was empty. Clint Sutter was in here most of the evening. He had the door locked. Clint Sutter is the owner of this cafe? That's right. Where is he now? He left here a couple of hours ago. Told me he'd be gone for about a week. <laughs> Out the back door, eh, fellow? Oh. Two sleds were driven away from here. <laughs> All right, King. Looks as though we'll have to hit the trail again. continue our adventure in just a moment. Say, kids, picture yourself at the ball game right now. The bases are loaded with two outs. The star hitter steps up and you see him in person. You get the thrill of seeing him hit that homer. Get in on the fun. Come out to the ball game as guest of your favorite team. Yes, you can go free if you're 12 years old or younger and bring a paying adult like mom or dad. Here's how to get your free ticket. Get a package of Quaker popped wheat or Quaker popped rice or Muffet shredded wheat. Tear off a box top and send with your name and address to Baseball, Box 5205, Chicago 77, Illinois. By getting Quaker Paco 10 and sending the guarantee seal, you get two free baseball tickets. See two games free. Details are on every ticket. Hurry, send a box top from Quaker Puffed Wheat or Rice or Muffet Shredded Wheat or the Guarantee Seal from Quaker Paco 10. Send to Baseball, Box 5205, Chicago 77, Illinois. Don't wait. Send now. Clint Sutter and Snake Eye traveled steadily throughout the night, but the fact that they were carrying the two prisoners on their sleds kept them to a slow pace. As dawn broke, they turned off the trail and headed up a thickly wooded ridge 
intending to make camp in a spot where the prisoners could be kept out of sight. A short time later, as they were cooking breakfast over the campfire, they heard a team approaching along the trail below. Snake Eye went to investigate and returned with an excited look on his face. Hey, Clint, there's a Mountie coming. A Mountie? Yeah, he turned off the trail and he's heading up the ridge. Big dog running ahead of his team. Looks like he's following a scent. Holy mackerel. You suppose someone reported that Collier was missing? I don't know, but we better not take any chances. What'll we do? One thing, we'll carry Joe Bago back in the underbrush, where he'll be out of sight. You stay in guard over him. Make sure he's quiet while I'm talking to the Mountie. What about Collier? We'll un- un- untie him and take off his gag. Are you crazy? He'll spill the beans to the Mountie. Oh, no, he won't. Listen, Collier. When that Mountie gets here, you're going to make out like you come along in this trip of your own free will, you savvy? Snake, I'll be hiding in the underbrush close by, covering you with his gun. And if you start giving the game away to the Mountie, he'll plug the both of you. Several minutes later, Sergeant Preston arrived at the camp. Rolf Collier and Clint Sutter were seated around the campfire, apparently on friendly terms. Hello there, Sergeant. Hello, Rolf. I thought you expected to get back to Dawson yesterday evening. Well, I uh, I did, but there was a change of plans. Uh, by the way, this is Clint Sutter, Sergeant Preston. Howdy, Sarge. Glad to know you, Rolf. Do you mind telling me why you didn't let us know you weren't coming back to Dawson? Well, uh, as I say, there was a, a change of plans. When I, I talked to Clint, we decided... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what's the matter with that dog of yours? Probably caught the scent of a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, reckon that must be it. Well, Rolf, I don't mind admitting I was quite worried about you. That's why I spoke, the sergeant casually head. pulled off his heavy oh, mittens and put his hands on his hips. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw King heading toward a certain patch of underbrush. Suddenly, his gun streaked out of his holster. Realizing a snake eye had been hit, Clint made a lunge at the sergeant. I'll fix you, Preston. No, you don't. I'll fix the sergeant. Don't bother, Rolf. I can handle him. And here's another. That enough? Yeah, yeah, quick. Man alive, that was a fast throw you made, sergeant. How did you know someone was in the underbrush? King's actions warned me something was wrong, then I saw the branches move. Watch him, King. Keep him down, boy. As for you, Sutter, get up on your feet. Turn around while I put on these handcuffs, and I'll attend to your partner. A short time later, after the sergeant had released Joe Bago and applied first aid to Snake Eye's wound, he tied the latter's wrist securely. Then he turned to Rolf Collier and said, Now then, Rolf, suppose you tell me what this is all about. Well, to begin with, my brother Marty died in the hospital at Dawson a couple of months ago. Just before he died, he sent me a letter containing half of a map. Half of a map? Yes. It had been torn in two. In the letter, Marty said that the map showed where a fortune in gold had been buried. And he also said that a man named Joe Bago had the other half of the map. Go on. Well, not long after I received Marty's letter, I got another letter from Joe Bago himself. It said to come up to the Yukon Territory and meet him at Clint Sutter's Cafe in Grand Forks. And when you got to the cafe, Sutter and Snake Eye took you prisoner. That's right. They'd already captured Joe Bago. They were going to get the gold and kill both of us. All right, Joe. Now it's your turn to talk. What about this buried gold? If I come clean, will you go easy on me, Sergeant? I'm not making any promises until I hear your story. All right. I reckon I may as well tell the truth. You'll find out anyway when you dig up the gold and read the label on the sacks. Belongs to the Yukon Express Company. Yukon Express Company? Wait a minute. 
The express company was robbed of 100000 in gold last August. Is that the gold you're talking about? I reckon it must be, Sergeant. But I don't know nothing about the robbery. It was Clinton Snake Eye that pulled it. Me and Marty just took it away from them later on. Oh, you dirty sneaking liar. You were in on the hold-up with us. Doggone right you were, you and Marty both. It's a lie, Sergeant. Don't believe him. Sorry, Joe, but your story won't hold water. I happen to know that four men took part in that hold-up. You'll stand trial along with Sutter and Snake Eye. Now turn around and hold out your hands while I tell you this. Watch him, King. Sergeant, I, I had no idea Marty had been mixed up in any crime. Perhaps it's just as well that he looked the way he did. This trip to the Yukon has sure been a mess. It's brought me nothing but grief. The trip served a good purpose, Rolf. Led to the recovery of the stolen gold and the capture of these trucks. Yes, but I quit my job to come here. I'll be broke by the time I get back to the States. No, you won't, Rolf. The express company posted a reward of $10,000. Now I'll see that it's paid to you as soon as this case is closed. Your musical treat of the day waits for you throughout the week on Mutual. Each Tuesday and Thursday evening, it's time for Eddie Fisher and a session of music as everyone likes it. Young and old delight in Eddie Fisher's wave of the song. And he's joined on every show by Fred Robbins as MC, Alex Stordo's orchestra, and outstanding guest stars. Every Saturday, the teenager's favorite, Johnny Desmond, brings phonorama time and a roundup of the newest and best in popular recordings. On Sundays, the Enchanted Hour presents favorite music from the world's best-loved composers. Every weekday also means time for Hawaii calls and authentic melodies of the islands. Music fills Mutual's air throughout the week. Hear the Eddie Fisher Show, Johnny Desmond with Phonorama Time, Enchanted Hour, and Hawaii Calls on Mutual throughout the week over most of these stations. These Sergeant Preston of the Yukon Adventures are brought to you every Monday through Friday at this time by the Quaker Oats Company, makers of Quaker Pop Wheat. And Quaker Puff Rice, the delicious cereals shot from guns. By special recording in cooperation with the Mutual Broadcasting System. They are a copyrighted feature of Sergeant Preston of the Yukon Incorporated. Created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Fred Flowerday. The part of Sergeant Preston is played by Paul Sutton. This is J. Michael wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good health from Quaker Pop Wheat and Quaker Pop Rice. So long. This is Mutual, radio network for all America.
This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to otrwesterns.com slash YouTube. And send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail, 707-986-8739. This episode is copyright under the attribution non-commercial share-like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.